Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic today, my friend. We are going to be unpacking a fun conversation, um, one that has been on the radar for months and months and months um, with dozens and dozens of questions. And I think it's going to be a, be a good convo and hopefully give you some perspective on fasting the fasting lifestyle, and how we can use supplementation, nutrition, and fasting windows to really, you know, prevent disease, reverse things like blood sugar uh, related issues like prediabetes and diabetes, and, mm-hmm. and really just, you know, improve that long-term health journey uh, that brought you and I to fasting. So if you guys are new to fasting and you haven't listened to a lot of the episodes, feel free to go back and listen to Tommy and I's original uh, starting point, our journey, episode one or two. Be nice to us because back then we didn't know what we were doing. We just we knew that we had stumbled across a pretty powerful, life transforming, just eye opening experience when we put fasting into our own lives. And you can go to the website, thefastingforlife.com, check out some of the free resources, the Fast Start Guide, the Insulin Assessment, um, and really just happy to have you uh, with us on this fasting uh, and lifestyle journey. So. Yeah. Time before we unpack the supplementation question. So, what supplements should I be taking specifically in regards to blood sugar is a question that we've gotten over and over again. Mm-hmm. As a lot of people come to fasting for weight loss due to health related issues. So, as we know, as the BMI scale goes up and the weight goes up, the comorbidities, the the, the blood the blood work numbers, yeah, the conversations with your doctor, mm-hmm. all of those things tend to happen. So supplementation is something that people ask and look at. It's you know a multi multi-billion dollar industry every single year as a buffer replacement or support to yeah. building health. Yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes it can be um it can be like an intermediary step where, where someone's looking to put off that that medication and maybe they don't have to do that. Maybe they don't have to get on a new medicine if they can find the right supplement to kind of support, right? And that, that might be a good alternative. Um, and I, 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 I like this conversation because growing up in, in my house, there were a lot of supplements. Supplemental support, it was like, let's look for a natural path before we necessarily have to you know, take medications for something if that's possible. You know, growing up in uh, like with a lot of weightlifting and and in the kind of um, you know bodybuilding supplement world and and that kind of thing, I spent a lot of time in GNC. I know you did too, and um, I, I think finding good support for for your health journey and and feeling like you're doing everything that you can to support that is is an important thing. And if you if you have question marks there, 
then it can feel like, ah, maybe I'm not doing everything that I could. And then you start wondering why you're not seeing the results that you're looking for too. And those can be frustration points. Yeah. And it's interesting because my perspective, I started out in a very, uh, heavily, uh, you know, medically minded family where mm -hmm. it was, you know, as a young kid, severe allergies, asthma, um, four different inhalers, cycle cycles of steroids for the inflammation, multiple trips to the emergency room and ambulances, wow. the inability to play, you know, junior high uh, grammar school and junior high rec sports that, which led into me not being almost not being able to play in high school, which I love to do. Um, and I went down a different path and started looking at some of these, uh, you know, some people call it natural medicine or uh, Ayurvedic medicine in the Indian culture. And then you've got Eastern medicine, right? Yeah. Right. Oriental medicine, those types of things. And, you know, sometimes that can have a connotation that comes with it where, and we've moved far away from that into the supplement world, right? Every, there's a supplement for everything. Yeah. Right. But there can be a connotation of, of you know, safety concerns, or is this right? Or is this really going to work? Mm. And, you know, it's, we want to unpack some of that stuff today, really focused around the blood sugar and blood sugar control. And we're going to give you the pros and cons and both sides of it. Um, but really the top four things that we see that can help you on your weight loss journey with cravings, blood sugar control, diabetes reversal, some of the things that we see and things that we've done personally you know, in our group, in our, in our, our, our clients that we've had, that we've done one-on-one -on -one with back, back when we first started mm -hmm. and my dad, for example. So just taking a look at this from in a 30,000 foot perspective on what things can we do that can support the journey now. So if you're stuck and frustrated and you got 150 pounds to lose and you're like, gosh, I can't, just can't seem to get out of my own way yeah. versus, Hey, you're on the journey and you don't want to take the medication or you've been on it for a while and you want to find a way to get off of it. Um, you know, for instance, like cholesterol, there's, uh, you know, cholesterol medication versus something called red yeast rice, uh, that can, has the similar mechanism, but really what we look at is, okay, what's the underlying cause or is the supplement going to just treat or attack the downstream symptom mm -hmm. or are we actually going to be able to get to the underlying cause. And that's where fasting is so powerful. So these supplements are not recommendations to say, hey, I don't eat fish. You need healthy omega-3s. I need to supplement with fish oil. Hey, right. I need vitamin D. It's cold three months out of the year here in Texas. And some of you are going to laugh. I'm from New England. <laughs> I get it. 100 inches of snow a year. I used to shovel. It was one of my first jobs was cleaning sidewalks, right? Um, I don't miss it, but I don't get enough sun. I'm inside in front of a computer with a ring light most days, right? Yes. Like working from a computer. So yes, I should supplement with vitamin D. We're not talking about that specifically, but zooming out to the to the bigger picture of why we're, we're why we tend to go towards supplements is that addressing the underlying cause, and then how we can put some of these things into our path or our journey that can make the process that much easier. Yeah. What about even just the the question of do i need to be supplementing on my fasting right. journey right like do i need to bring more things into this am i am i fasting the right way if i'm not taking supplementations should i should i add something to that and then that can almost that can get into the conversation about well how many tools would you like to have in your arsenal how many things do you want to bring into the equation and do you really need them you know um and, and I think that's a good example, the the 150 pounds, because if it, if you feel like you have a substantial amount 
to lose, this is going to be a long-term journey. Sometimes it can feel like I just can't break the cycle of certain things like, like the cravings, like the, the blood sugar, you know, the, the big swings. swings. Yeah, yeah. The swings, the emotional connection to food, all that kind of stuff. And so sometimes supplementing can, can kind of, um, kind of short circuit that cycle, which is a good thing. Yeah, for sure. And that's really where, you know, my journey back in the day started was, all right, what things can I do to allow, allow the process to get the result that I'm looking for, but also to make the process more enjoyable. Cause one of the yeah. things about health and weight loss, and most people come to fasting for weight loss, but there's so many other health benefits as well. And we've done, you know, episodes and episodes upon those things, uh, on those different types of things, but really it's, it's the sustainability long-term. So for instance, like let's take melatonin, which we're not talking about today, but using melatonin every single night to help you sleep is not a recommended protocol, yeah. right? And it's no different than, you know, being on blood pressure medication where we know lifestyle changes can severe, can, can reverse high Absolutely. blood pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like diabetes, lifestyle changes can reverse diabetes. As long as you're not following the American Diabetes Association recommendations of how to follow your meal plans and food pyramid, because mm-hmm. you're never going to get there. So we really want to take an approach that is going to allow us to have success and sustainability. So a few key concepts, Tom, we've mentioned a couple already today. One is we're going to talk about a supplement that can help with cravings and those big blood sugar swings, Jimnema mm-hmm. Silvestri. We're going to talk about cinnamon and the pros and cons, because there are a couple and give you some action steps there. Cinnamon is something easy that you can put in your in your day-to-day if you're worried about blood sugar imbalances or you're trying to reverse getting out of the diabetes category into the di- pre-diabetes or from pre-diabetes into a normal, healthy blood sugar range which by the way, fasting, super helpful. Right. Um, and then we're going to talk about chromium, uh, vanadium, and I believe that is it right on the list. Let me just yes. check here. Mm-hmm. Yep. So those main ones today from the construct of decreasing the blood sugar swings, increasing our insulin sensitivity, decreasing our insulin resistance, and then helping with cravings uh, as well. So, all right, Tommy, let's start with cinnamon and hundred percent. Okay. Let's peep behind the curtain, right? We say that often on the Fasting for Life podcast and in our yeah. challenges and our groups and in the emails and messages that we get is this, we've never specifically talked about supplements before, but if we had to list the top three questions that we get is what breaks my fast, right? And then, yep. well, what do I eat, right? Like there's that two-part equation. You've got your fast and then your feeding, right? Or your mm-hmm. eating window, and then the third is I would I would I would group supplements and exercise kind of together yeah. at the same level. And it's it's full transparency working at GNC for years, right? Mm-hmm. Being in the nutrition world, having a minor in it. Well, they don't call it that. They called it a concentration. Loving this type of stuff. Other than that time we talked about the definition of fiber for 6 weeks <laughs> in my graduate level nutrition course. Um, cause that was awful. Um, so if you ever want to know the real definition of fiber, don't ask me cause I, right. I don't want to ever relive that. So I've always had an affinity for it, but being a GNC, people would come in with a symptom specifically looking for a treatment. And yeah. we want to get away from that in terms of long-term like health planning or health, uh, health, um, journey, right? Long-term 
gaining health throughout life. We don't want to be treating a specific symptom just like we would with a medication, but we want to add support to the body to allow that process to be sustainable, right? So there's, there's certain decisions that you're going to have to make when it comes to this stuff. And of course, if you're on medication, you're dealing with certain health things, make sure you talk to your doctor, let them know. Because if you get on Dr. Google and you go down the rabbit hole, the reason I'm saying this is because today in preparation, in reviewing the conversation we were going to have in the bullet points and the research articles, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a long week or two of preparation just on cinnamon where I learned some things that I had never known. I had to Google how to pronounce some of the compounds, right? So the reason I'm telling you this is there is a, a big pitfall or a big speed bump in getting quality information. And hopefully that's what we're going to bring to you today uh, in a well-rounded combo. So that's quite the intro of saying we are not experts in this, but we're going to give you the aggregate of all of the information and years of experience and then some very specific research articles that we found, which as as usual, there are some contradictions in them but we're going to unpack them and then give you some really basic action steps that hopefully you can take away some things um, that can be put into your fasting and health journey. So cinnamon, that was my disclaimer, by the way, if you guys didn't pick up on that. Okay. (laughs) So let's talk about cinnamon. Tommy, the study that we found that we want to highlight and start with is really stinking cool. Yeah, it is. Um, Cinnamon improves glucose and lipids of people with type two diabetes. And there's a lot of benefits here because they were looking at things like HDL, LDL, total cholesterol, triglycerides, fasting blood glucose, and saw decreases in, in basically everything, everything that they were looking at. And it, it didn't take that long to do either. Uh, within 20 to 60 days, saw substantial decreases in all of these things. And this was news to me. I didn't know that that cinnamon had had these potential benefits. Honestly, I I had never I hadn't looked for something to support my blood sugar when I had major blood sugar issues. I was just kind of like hoping slash waiting to not go on medication for these things. Caloric but, deficit and working out yeah, will get me there. Right. That that was pretty much my angle. Yeah, and so specifically for the numbers for serum glucose, so this study looked at one, three, and six grams of cinnamon daily. Now we're going to unpack cinnamon in a minute, and some of the the the, a major pitfall that we've seen in the research that's out there versus uh, in a test tube versus in human studies, right, or in in rats versus in human studies. And the the cinnamon that's actually studied is not the one that we're going to recommend if you're going to use this as a blood sugar uh, managing supplement throughout your journey here. So there might be an aha moment for some of you as there was for me looking into this. The serum glucose or the fasting glucose in the six gram group, right? That was the one that showed the most improvement for fasting glucose was an 18 to 29% decrease for triglycerides was a 23 to 30% decrease. LDL, right, air quotes, bad cholesterol was 7 to 27% decrease. A lot of volatility in that one. And total cholesterol, 12 to 26% decrease. 
Yeah. And changes in HDL were not significant, right? And these were noted that there were this was noted that there were no significant changes in the placebo group, placebo groups. Mm-hmm. And cinnamon was consumed for 40 days followed by a 20-day washout period, which is cool because that really shows that the effectiveness of the dose and that, you know, when you start a supplement that you know, people really want that immediate, like I took an aspirin and the headache goes away. Right. That's not really how it works. Yeah. Now, when I saw the dosages there, one grams, three grams, and six grams, uh, my my first thought was six grams sounds like a lot. Is that is that a whole is that a whole bunch? Is that a realistic uh, you know? It's a teaspoon for me to take. Okay, a teaspoon. Okay, that's not yeah. Too bad. No, but I did the same thing, and this is actually where it opened up. Uh, a rabbit hole where I was working in GNC, right, for years mm. uh, through grad school, and people would come in, hey, my doctor said I need to take cinnamon. And, okay, here, here's our blood sugar control supplement. It has however many, many milligrams of cinnamon. Yeah. Um, here you go, right? And then we had some blends that had, like, chromium in them. We'll get to chromium in a minute. Okay. And I would just, here, here it is. But what I found, what we found by doing prepping for this was that the majority of the cinnamon that's on the market is called... Uh, there's two, well, let me back up for a second. There's two different forms of cinnamon. And the one that's on the market that you find in spice aisles and in supplements is not the one that we want to be taking. And it's also the one that is found in the majority of the research that is done in humans. Hmm. But there's an issue with it. So kasha cinnamon, it's kind of like kashi, but it's C, uh, in, in pronunciation, but not, in, uh, not, a, not an E at the end, an A. So kasha. Yeah. It's C-A-S-S-I-A, and then Ceylon, or Ceylon cinnamon, C-E-Y-L-O-N. And there's two different forms. They're from two different places on uh, in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And the one that is mostly manufactured and that we find in our stores and shelves is the Kasha cinnamon, and that is the one that comes with a toxicity concern to the liver and kidneys when you get to the one teaspoon level. The catch 22 is the one teaspoon level or the six grams is the one that showed all of those wonderful percent decrease benefits in the fasting glucose, serum glucose, triglycerides, LDL, and total cholesterol. So now you're going, okay, great. I've been taking cinnamon for all these, for all these years. You probably haven't been taking a teaspoon a day or the supplement you're taking probably doesn't have that amount in it. So it's probably nothing to be overly concerned about. But the good news is, is now we know that the Salon Cinnamon is the one that we actually want to be taking and you can find it. So we're going to pin a link uh, in the show notes where you can find it's spelled C-E-Y-L-O-N. And that is the form of cinnamon that you want to be taking because of the chemical coumarin that is in it. Coumarin in the cassia cinnamon has anywhere from four to 10 percent based on where it's sourced from. But in the Salon cinnamon, it's 0.004%. So you would have to take exponentially more, like you would have to like eat the whole bottle to have any concern of getting to that level of coumarin that's in the cashew cinnamon. Now this was all new to me. So I was like, man, I think I told my dad to take cinnamon years ago because he was pre-diabetic. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, it, this, is, this is one of those things where I, I know a lot of people coming into fasting who are like on the verge of of getting that prescription or they're kind of being threatened, you know, right now with, hey, I'm about to have to put you on some medication to control. You need to go on metformin. Now we did a whole episode on berberine and metformin too. So go listen to that if that's you. Yeah. 
Same thing for, for triglycerides, for cholesterol, for blood pressure even, which we're not talking about blood pressure right now, but just, just that kind of looming thing where if I had something that could potentially give me a 15% benefit, a 25% benefit, maybe I could put a stopgap there, figure out how to get going with this fasting thing, and then I, I don't have to just get on that medication that's so hard to get off of, right? And so I, I, I think that's a huge point for, for a lot of folks. Yeah. So just to wrap up cinnamon in terms of the conversation, the inclusion of cinnamon, this was right from one of the articles, uh, in the diet of people with type 2 diabetes will reduce risk factors associated with diabetes and cardiovascular disease. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be helping balance those blood sugars and allow your body to um, continue to lose the weight and get into a healthy range. So this is something that you can absolutely add as long as we're getting the right source and the right dosage. So um, it was really kind of eye-opening to me to, to know that there was such uh, like one of those issues, one of those times where you, you hear it, you understand it, you know it. I lived it. I used to recommend it when I was at GNC, like I mentioned, and I didn't even realize that there was this dichotomy between the two sources yeah. um, that was required to get serum blood, blood level changes, which were beneficial but not knowing that there was that toxicity issue too. So yeah. um, again, make sure that if this is something you've been doing, make the switch, um, let, let your doctor know if you are diabetic, you're on medications, make sure there's no contraindications there. Mm -hmm. um, but really eye-opening about cinnamon. I want to yeah. transition into chromium or chromium picolinate specifically. And this is something that I have taken personally. I've used it just like berberine that we talked about in the previous episode when it comes to the differences between berberine and metformin and how their, their mechanism is similar, but comes with less side effects. And we want to, we want to, again, we want to talk about these things for the short term, uh, journey rather than the long term. Hey, I'm on this for the rest of my life type situation. Right. This study from molecular endocrinology in 2006, chromium activates glucose transporter for trafficking and enhances insulin stimulated glucose transport in three T three L one adipocytes via cholesterol dependent mechanism. I wow. only say that because we're going to make this really stinking simple that chromium and vanadium together, chromium picolinate, have been shown to have great effects on blood stabilization, blood sugar stabilization. Yeah, they're they're working in skeletal muscle, they're working in the liver and working in the fat cells even to help glucose transporter mechanisms. They're 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 helping to shuttle the glucose where it needs to be. So it, it's not just sitting there raising blood sugar levels um, to overly high levels or, or keeping them there longer, which is exactly what we're, we're looking to fix with fasting a lot of times. And, and this is directly supporting that cause, which is, which is super cool. I didn't even know that, that chromium or, or vanadium could do these things. Yeah. So it, it's interesting because, you know, we could, we're not going to go down all of the, you know, the different pathways and there, there was multiple studies on chromium, less on vanadium, but still enough to show that chromium acts to increase the production of the transport molecule uh, that allows your body to process the blood sugar more effectively. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it open up, opens up a window that allows the cell to have it flow down the concentration gradient into the cell where it can actually be used for energy. So it's it can stabilize blood sugar levels by reducing the insulin needed, right? Mm -hmm. So you're gonna get a blood sugar balancing effect. And the last thing we're gonna talk about today is, is, is cravings, right? So the more we can get your 
just envision this like an old sine wave. If you go back into math class, right? Yeah. Um, you've got that that up and down and up and down, right? The wave form. Mm -hmm. The higher nice. and lower those spikes, the more volatility. We want to reduce those those spikes and get them into a more controlled range. Right. And that's what chromium is going to do in combination with vanadium. Vanadium is a trace mineral that mimics insulin and in improving the cell sensitivity to insulin. And there was a cool study here that was done in rats that that they were they were induced to have diabetes. And yeah. then the use of these supplements was, showed the complete reversal. Yeah. And they, they literally were, were watching the antioxidative properties of vanadium working within those rats that were induced to have type 2 diabetes, literally increasing the liver activity to break down the sugar that was ingested, lowered the blood sugar levels, lowered insulin secretion, and just a, a, a complete antioxidative response that was, that was almost back to normal non-insulin, non-insulin dependent diabetes levels, which is incredible. Yeah, I love the fact that these, so th these might be new words, right? Like chromium picolinate, what? I've never even heard of that. Vanadium, huh? What? Like, yeah, right. where do I get this? How do I find it, right? A lot of this stuff naturally comes from our food supply. Sure. This is a trace mineral, right? So I'll give you some, I'll, I'll rat-a-tat-tat those sources here in just a second. But if we're combining the 125 to 250 micrograms of chromium and 375 to 700 micrograms of vanadium, we're going to see, especially in higher carbohydrate meals, they're going to improve your postprandial blood sugar significantly. So post-meal blood sugar, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're talking about walking post-meal, fasting, adding supplementation, using cinnamon, using these type of supplements, we want to be able to apply them to real life situations. So we want to mute those blood sugar swings we want to get the blood sugar balance down. We want to improve the insulin sensitivity of the cells or the insulin production in certain cases, depending on if we're talking type 1 or type 2. And a lot of multivitamins will have some of these supplements in there. So if you can get a good whole food source multivitamin, you may be able to kind of kill two birds with one stone here. Mm -hmm. um, you can get chromium picolinate separately. And then for vanadium, the micronutrient, and there's articles and research out there, uh, more recent stuff as well, but foods that are nutrient rich in vanadium are gonna be dill seed, which I don't know of a way other than putting that in like soups and stews, right, to get that. Yeah. Black pepper, so of course black pepper, shellfish, spinach, uh, mushrooms, whole ancient grains, raw dairy products, ground parsley, for instance, just simple things that you can add into your nutrition windows that can also get you some of the additional benefits. Because sometimes, you know, just going straight to a supplement, less less is better than more sometimes in terms of getting a whole food source mm -hmm. rather than just having to go straight to a supplement. This just reminded me of of the point that uh, I want to make sure that we're we're also clear on, which is that when when you're fasting, like each time you go to break your fast, that's a really important time to make sure you're focused on good nutrition, like being intentional with well-balanced food and actually thinking through that. Like when I first started fasting, sometimes it felt like, oh, okay, cool. Now I have an opportunity to, you know, have a meal that I missed out on, have some sort of food that was maybe a little more indulgent or something like that and wasn't really serving my goals, but I had already seen the scale start to move. 
but it, you know, it really is an opportunity for good nutrition. And just the fact that like a balanced plate may have a good amount of things like vanadium or chromium, you know, in there means I don't have to worry so much about bringing this stuff in as like a one-off from supplementation, just using that, that, that meal, that, that eating window or that, that, that meal as a good nutrition opportunity right there. Now, don't get me wrong. You can, in the beginning, if you've got some considerable weight to lose, you know, like when I had 50 pounds to lose, I could pretty much break my window, whatever I wanted, as long as I wasn't going and getting two large pizzas from pizza hut. Right. Like, Oh man. And after you start fasting and you start losing some of the weight when you have those meals and this is something that came up in the last challenge and in the continuity group was, well, does your body get more sensitive? Do I get like food sensitivities from, from fasting? Well, no, you're just more sensitive to the fact that you feel better by eating certain foods. Right. So like you won't touch pizza anymore. I won't do Mexican food anymore. I just, I don't feel good after. So I love that perspective of kind of growing through the process. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and we always say the first time you break a 24 hour fast, if you've ever done OMAD and you were doing intermittent, um, and you want to break through a plateau, you know, we had, that was our first resource, the fast, our guide, you can go to the website, you can download it, thefastingforlife.com. It's six simple steps to do OMAD, right? If you've never done OMAD one meal a day, then you break your fast. I ate everything. And it wasn't like I went to the pizza hut. I, I had grass fed burgers. I had raw cheese. I had, you know, some jazz brown, uh, home cooked brown jasmine rice. I had, popcorn. you know, one of the protein bars that I missed out on. Right. I had six yeah. cups of popcorn. I was like putting this all in this little two hour window being like, yeah, I'm going to eat all the stuff that. And then after that, I was like, and you told me not to, I felt like crap. I ate way too much. Right. <laughs> it was like way too yeah. much. I know. And you were right. So you, you, I just love that perspective that yes, we have an opportunity here um, to get some good nutrient dense foods into our body and simply yeah. adding like foods that I just mentioned and things like cinnamon into your diet can be helpful for that long-term health benefit. So the last one, Tommy, that we're going to talk to talk about today is Gymneva Silvestri. Mm. And this one is really specifically, if you go back through, you know, the old origination of this is you're going to look at, you know, it, in, in going back through the old grammar and the root words of it is going to be the destroyer of sugar, right? Mm. In Hindi, destroyer of sugar. So it helps reduce wow. sugar cravings and balance blood sugar naturally. Yeah. And I forgot that I used to use this when I was in my powerlifting days. I used to take this and I, it was a recommendation from the owner of GNC who was like this crazy natural bodybuilder guy. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 you need this. And I was like, why? <laughs> He's like, because it's going to help balance your blood sugars. You're going to have less cravings. You're not going to be hungry as much all the time, even though I was eating six times a day and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, snacks and late night snacks before bed just to make sure I hit my protein numbers. Jim Nima has powerful phytonutrients um, that have adaptogenic qualities that really help your body with stress. Stress is one of the main triggers of emotional eating, yeah. cravings, hunger old habits, old eating patterns. Like we're connecting a lot of dots here in the, well, I just have this relationship with food or I crave sugar. Or I crave this certain insert your vice here. Yeah. Um, that simply adding gymnema while you start to flex your fasting muscles can help make the journey that much simpler. Yeah. Especially in the beginning. Like, uh, when, when I started fasting, I had 80 or 90 pounds that I wanted to lose. And I mean, we get emails from, from a lot of folks, hundred pounds, 150, 200 plus pounds who it, it feels like they don't know where to kind of break that cycle. 
that that craving behavior indulgent making myself feel better but i'm frustrated because i'm not seeing the scale move and like i i just can't seem to get traction slash get out of my own way and i i, I feel like this could be like this might be something helpful um if if i'm feeling that way to kind of help me throw a throw a wrench into that that cycle that i just can't seem to get out of yeah the cool thing about adaptogenic things like this is that they also have additional benefits too so it's not just you're going to you're going to help with the the cravings and whatnot but i love that you know it's there's going to be benefits looking at some of the research in in decrease inflammation and decrease oxidative stress and stopping you know reducing the absorption in the small intestine and helping the pancreas create more healthy levels of insulin and yeah. decreasing serum triglycerides and cholesterol and the the air quotes bad cholesterol so simply um total cholesterol versus the bad cholesterol excuse me so simply just putting or getting about 100 to 200 milligrams in with your meals can help balance those blood sugar levels post meal which is where, especially in the evenings, if you're doing one meal a day, um, the snack monster can come in. Right. The craving monster can come in post-meal where you're like, oh, yeah, I was going to have two Oreos and no, you ended up eating the whole box, right? Sure. Or I was going to have one or two squares of dark chocolate. Next thing I know, I'm two bars in. So it can really help with meals to help kind of mute some of those negative effects while you are trying to kind of really break through a plateau or get the consistency ball rolling yeah. or really when you get close to maintenance and you just haven't been able to get that habit or that new lifestyle pattern to stick. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's a good time to mention, like if there's, there's a lot of folks out there who, who might already be on, on supplements for, for these kind of things or for, for other related things, but who, who, you know, might, might be getting going with their fasting journey, but like, I do like the power that comes from from fasting and successfully hitting your fasting timer, even if it's it doesn't have to be super long, but just getting to the end of what I planned to do and I did it and then I broke my fast intentionally like that's a big win for me. And every time I do it, that's another win. That's another vote for my brain for doing the right thing that's going to lead me towards my my long term health and what I what I'm looking to do. So. The more things I bring from the outside, the less credit I'm able to give myself for for those wins. So making sure that, you know, I, I might not always need these things or maybe I don't need as many as I'm as I'm using right now. Maybe there's some benefit in really sticking to my timer and really focusing on what that looks like and my next successful fast versus my next like really long fast. You know, and kind of getting the, the ball mo moving and giving myself some credit for, for what I did. One of the things that hurt my heart the most is when I, I do consultations with patients and they would come in and they would bring in the list of, of, of medications and supplements. Yeah. And it would be 20, 30, 40 things long. Right. They would have, they would have you know, two supplements per medication that they were taking just to offset some of the side effects. For instance, like... When you take certain cholesterol medications and, and blood pressure medications, you want to supplement with CoQ10 because it depletes the enzymes that actually fuel normal muscle function. Your heart's a muscle, right? So yeah. now you're on CoQ10 and you're taking fish oil and you're taking, but the problem is you're, you have all of these medications over here. You have all these health concerns over here. You're taking all of these supplements over here. 
But are you making progress? Are you getting off of medications? Are you losing right. the weight? Is your energy increasing? Can you play with the grandkids? Yeah. Is your midsection going down? Mm. And not just keeping your numbers between the goalposts when you have your yearly blood work done or your checkups, right. but really making a conscious effort, Tommy, what you just said was to, you know, to, to hit those metrics and know that you're in control, that the decisions that you're making and the action steps that you're taking by yeah. your fasting windows, by your nutrient, by your uh, feeding windows where you can have your your nutrient opportunities, right? Your meals that you can put in with some intentionality. Right. We really start to where we started this conversation today, Tommy, was kind of zoom out to the bigger picture. And so what I heard you say there, and the reason I told that story was don't just run out and put all of these things in. Yeah. Right? That's not what we're saying. All right. If you are on them on, on cinnamon, make the switch. If you're looking for something to help with sugar cravings, go ahead. There we go. If you are struggling with big blood sugar swings, then yeah. chromium and vanadium may be an option for you. But sticking to the basics is what you and I got results with and what a lot of people do get results with. But this question, we just couldn't ignore it anymore. Right. It was like, okay, well, what do I do if I have X, Y, or Z? Well, yeah, these are the options. These are the best options um, that we feel um, that can get you some support on that journey. So yeah. as we wrap up today, Tommy, you can head over to the website, thefastingforlife.com. You can download the Fast Start Guide, Six Simple Steps to Put One Meal a Day Fasting into Your Day-to-Day -day Life. There's an insulin assessment if you're wondering, what's insulin resistance? I don't even know what that is. Go ahead and download the insulin assessment that will give you some, um, some data on whether or not you possibly have some insulin resistance. And then there's a cool resource in there as well, talking about height to weight weight ratio and just giving you more tools to be able to measure your progress through your fasting journey. So Tommy, any final thoughts as we wrap up today? Yeah. I'm, my, my main takeaway from this conversation is there are things that you can be doing to, to get closer to your long-term goals, but I'm going to encourage you to look at what you're doing on the fasting front, because that is going to be the simplest, most effective way yep. to bring down your fasting blood glucose to bring down your insulin response. And yep. usually where most people start is something like a 12 hour or a 16 hour fast. You might just need to increase the dial just a little bit. And so I, I do definitely want everyone to go get the fast start guide, go to thefastingforlife.com, download the fast start guide. And because starting off with a one meal a day is a really powerful way to get the insulin response to, to much lower levels than than usually is seen with, with a normal pattern of eating. So definitely do that, get started and, and, um, you know, see some progress there. Yeah. I love that point right there. Simplest way between two points is a straight line, right? So yeah. just simply doing, pushing the window, maybe extending your fasting window, you can see some pretty cool stuff happen. So yeah. give us a shout out info at thefastingforlife.com. If you have questions, Tommy, as always, I appreciate the conversation, sir. And, uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life. While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life. 